live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All of a sudden, the Brick Show went from the purple and gold Titanic to everybody's favorite team and the new trendy pick in the West. Never mind that they're still on the outside looking in and don't even have a spot in the play-in yet. I mean, it was weird. It was all weird and all wrong. And Laker fan should have known so much better. Laker fan should have hit pause and thought it all through for a second. But then again, we are talking about Laker fan, aren't we? And Laker fan was always going to do what Laker fan does. Get immediately swept up in the hype and buy all the way back in. And based on what? One pretty exciting game. Next thing you know, they're all right back on the bandwagon. As only Laker fan can. Now, on some level, I do kind of understand it. It has been a miserable couple of years. Even if LeBron says that they are not a failure. I mean, it's not a failure at all. Has there ever been a take that aged worse than that? Last season was not a failure at all. I mean, it's not a failure at all. I mean, it was, Bron. It was the biggest failure ever. Like, that take in and of itself gets worse every single day. Last season absolutely was a failure, and this season it hasn't been much better. So I get where people want to be hyped about that win in Dallas. You know, you start to convince yourselves that the roster is different. We got rid of Westbrook. We came back on a Dallas team for the biggest comeback of the year. You know, maybe it is different. A legitimately exciting comeback win over Kyrie... Luca, Luca song, and the Mavs. I mean, I'll even say this. I'll give you this. The Lakers are a better team than they were about a month ago. Then again, (laughs) what does that even mean? That's not saying much. Because a month ago, they were essentially a disgrace to their sport. Yes, the roster is better since they got rid of the energy vampire Russell Westbrook. And they did actually add some useful pieces. But then again, after you hit rock bottom, there is nowhere to go but up. And as soon as the final buzzer hit on Sunday, everybody started falling all over themselves to declare the Lakers to be the proverbial problem and the team that you do not want to face in the playoffs. Never mind that they're not in the playoffs. But you don't want to run to them in the playoffs. Now, don't get this part of it twisted. I was not the one puking up any of that nonsense. But Laker fan was. Hot Take Nation was. Because that's what Hot Take Nation does. Puke out a bunch of nonsense to get you to look at them and react to them. But thinking the Lakers were suddenly a threat to anyone or anything after coming back on the choking Mavs was a mirage. It was fool's gold. It was bullcrap. But hot takers, gonna hot take. Laker honk, gonna honk. I present to you Exhibit A. On this very show yesterday, Laker honk extraordinaire, speaking for all of Laker honk nation, V in the fee. Do you hear that, Shaquille O'Neal? No, that's not the sound of Jack Savage before he snapped somebody's neck. Or Rit on the toilet. Or Albie when he thought about bringing back the ladies line. Ah. 
No, that's the sound of my Lakers breathing down the neck of the rest of the Western Conference because we come for that sixth seed and run the table in the playoffs. Oh, my goodness, there's hope back in Lakerland. The ultimate Laker honk speaking for all of Laker honk nation. V in the fee. You want to talk about a premature celebration. V's crappy phone line crapping out was either a really bad omen or just his cell phone protesting its owner's take. Or maybe V's phone was just trying to save V from himself. Because, of course, only hours after that phone call, in less than 24 hours after the epic comeback in Dallas, Woj dropped a bomb and sobered up all of Lakerland when he dropped the news that all of Lakerland should have already known was coming, should have already seen coming. LeBron is now feared to be out indefinitely. Now feared to be out several weeks with that right foot injury that he suffered during that Mavs game. All together now, Laker Honk Nation. Oh, oh. Lakerland and all their hype and excitement seem to completely forget that LeBron got hurt Sunday night. Remember how he returned to the bench and told the bench he heard a pop? And remember how we actually, because we're wired, had live audio of the pop? And his subsequent reaction. Do you remember that? Alvin, can you play it back for those who missed it? That's how that sounded on the floor. Alvin, one more time, if you don't mind. If you listen very carefully, you'll hear a pop and then a scream. A pop and a scream. That sounded painful. Now, to his credit, my man was able to grind through the rest of the game. I mean, that took some grit. That took some heart. LeFib, the GM, my man's tough. I mean, listen to the way the pop sounds. And then the reaction. And yet he finished it. Except now that pop is going to cost him multiple games and maybe even multiple weeks. He's definitely out tonight against Memphis. And the fear right now is that he could miss an extended period of time. So what does that mean? Well, what that means is he's going to miss a chunk of the so-called most important games of his regular season career. Not my words, his. Remember, he made a point of saying that. These are the most important regular season games. The last 23 games are the most important regular season games of my career. He said as much over the All-Star weekend in Salt Lake City. It's 23 of the most important games of my career for a regular season. And uh, it's the type of mindset that I, that I have and um, I hope the guys will have coming back off the break. So that was the plan. He said it. And then after that, he said, quote, I'm going to figure out ways to make sure I'm available and on the floor for every single one of these 23 games. His intention, his plan, he said it. I'm going to find a way to be there for all 23 games. Yeah, that didn't work. That didn't last very long. He was staring at the alleged. Hell, he said it himself. Nothing alleged about it. He was staring at 23 of the most important regular season games of his career. His plan was to play in every single one of them. 
and he made it through two. Even AD saying that he wanted to play in all 82 games is laughing at that. <laughs> AD, what's good, baby? Oh, by the way, AD, it's all on you now. Have fun, big fella. It's all on you now, dude. It's all on you. You know, you're the guy that they were going to hand the torch to anyway when the GM finally did step down, assuming you were still there. It's all on you, baby. What's good, baby? What's good, AD? AD what's good, baby? It's all on you. You got to get that entire AD, franchise in the city on your back, AD. So, obviously, terrible timing. The worst break. And it comes immediately after the first glimpse of hope in the last two years. And because of this, and because I don't trust AD to get the rest of them on his back, they're going to miss the playoffs again, right? They just are. If he's out, if LeBron is out for any extended period, they are going to miss the playoffs again. And when they do, just know this. The season still will not be a failure. How do I know that? Why do I say that? Because I know LeBron will have it locked and loaded the second they're mathematically eliminated. Am I wrong? I mean, it's not failure at all. He's already on record. I mean, I mean if, la- if last season was not a record, or I should say not a failure when they missed the playoffs, why would this season be a failure when they missed the playoffs? It won't. Ask him. I mean, it's not a failure at all. It, it was actually. Legend. And so is this season. And I don't want to hear that the GM or anybody else has bad luck. You know, in a lot of ways you make your own luck and you make your own bad luck. Like when you let the GM put together an extremely awkward, ill-fitting, ineffective roster and then you wait until the absolute last second to do anything about that roster and then you put it all in the last 23 games of the season to make some miraculous run and you count on a guy who is amazing as he is, is 38, right? with like 38 million miles on his odometer, don't be surprised when you hear a pop and then a scream. This should be of no surprise to anybody. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. This is what you get when you put everything on your two superstars that are too fragile to carry the team over the stretch of a long season and then be there and be available at the end. The only thing that will be surprising about seeing LeBron in street clothes tonight is that it won't be street clothes in street clothes tonight. After the street clothes, Davis. The Lakers needed everything to go right in the final 23-game stretch of the season, and it turns out they couldn't even make it through two games. And Laker fan couldn't even enjoy 24 hours of hope. So maybe next time you wait until the team is even in a playoff spot before you start spouting off about the Lake Show being back, baby. Because we come for that sixth seed and run the table in the playoffs. Oh, my goodness, there's hope back in Lakerland. Finally. I mean, V, I don't want to talk you out of being V. But come on, man. LeBron is putting up a miraculous fight against Father Time. I'll give him that. He really is. Except FT is still undefeated. 
credit for finishing the Mavs game after hearing that pop. You're tough, dude. You really are. But still not as badass as Karan Butler sliding a kneecap back into place like he was playing shuffleboard with his kneecap. Or Kobe going legend and hitting free throws after tearing his Achilles. But, I mean, it's close. The best part about anybody manning the hell up ever is eventually Paul Pierce and the wheelchair start to trend on Twitter. That's why I always like to see great acts of bravery and toughness because it always brings back Paul Pierce and his wheelchair on Twitter. That always makes me happy. I mean, it's only a couple of years ago when, and this is the funniest thing of all, only a couple of years ago when LeBron was killing the guy who came up with the notion of the playing tournament. Remember? Whoever came up with that need to be fired. Whoever came, whoever came up with that bleep needs to be fired. LeBron was saying that. Whoever came up with that need to be fired. That's so great. Yeah, whoever did come up with that is doing victory laps like Charlie Casserly after Kyler Murray got study clawed. Below not good. LeBron should get on a Zoom call with Adam Silver. And demand a play-in game. To get into a play-in game. Follow me on this. Hey, ears. Arr, Adam. We need a play-in game to get into the play-on ga- play game to get into the playoffs. A play-in game to get into the play-in game to get into the playoffs. And then ears, arr, the commissioner will be like, uh, LeBron, why don't you just make sure that your teammates beat the teams left on your schedule. Half the teams want to lose anyway for the first pick. Hey, hey, ears, Urgh, commissioner, are you listening to me? I know you can't not hear me. With those satellite dishes attached to your head, Urgh, I know you're listening to me. What are we, the 12th seed? Look, we get a bye, and then the 13th seed plays the 16th seed, and the 14th seed plays the 15th seed, then the winner of those scrubs play us for the right to move on. Are you getting this all down, Kamish? Yeah, LeBron, it's a great idea. But we don't have a 16th seed. There's only 15 teams in the West. King. King. Legend. Scoring champ. LeBron. LeBron, hello? Are you there? LeBron reacts with... The same guy, the same guy who was absolutely killing the playing game, Whoever has no way in except the playing game. Oh yeah, you know I love that sound. That is my favorite sound ever. That is the best kind of sound because that is the best kind of notification. Because what that sound is is another sale on Shopify. The moment another business dream becomes a reality. I love it. Shopify, the commerce platform, which is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Here's how this works. Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can focus on successfully growing your business. And it covers every sales channel from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. 
And what's incredible to me is Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, they're there to empower you with the confidence and control to revolutionize your business and take it to the next level. Now it's your turn to get serious about selling and trying Shopify right now. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period of shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E. Take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash R-O-M-E, Rome. V, in the fee. What's going on, V? Please heal the bald. We really need you. You have no hair, but we have no shot without you. I want to apologize for yesterday, by the way. My phone taking a bigger dump than Dunkay Metcalf. I know you guys work harder than Alvy's bed springs, so I hate when the show goes down like that. Come on, be in the feed. CBS, baby, get a better phone. But, hey, let's talk about my lake show, my Lakers. And I know having LeBald blames out Definitely stings. It hurts bad. But remember, we got AD reemerging. He no longer looks like a Disney. I think we gonna be aight. Just three games out. You guys act like we're down by twenty games. And there's one person though that I need to address. I need to thank for giving us depth on this roster. He's taking a lot of heat. He looks like a famous Hollywood actor. Hell, he's you model. And he's solely responsible for flipping this Lakers roster. And that person is me. I'm the one that got my ass on the phone before the trade deadline and told Rob Polinka to do something with Russell Wastebrick. And, you know, Rob was to the show. He heard me out. He did his thing, traded Dressbrick for the Vandalorian, D-Loading, and Malik Beasley. So, Clippers, enjoy our sloppy seconds, fans. Dressbrick didn't even play the fourth quarter for you guys. Enjoy his brick show that he's going to lead you to Kawhi Play and Paul George. Can't believe you guys wanted his ass. But, yo, Rob Palenka, congratulations, bro. You're no longer Rob Pastinka. You showered up. Thanks for getting absolute hoopers that made an instant impact. We ain't out of this thing yet, baby. As far as you, Wells, I know you're feeling all big and mighty since your biopic, The Whale, got all those Oscar noms. Yeah, Whale in the 360. Thanks for those breathing noises, by the way. Kind of sound like you when McDonald's announces that the ice cream machine is broken again. So congratulations, Whale in the 360. But, hey, just want to give a big shout-out to you, Rob Palenka. Everyone's counting us out, but I'm not. Palenka, you made me do a 180, kind of like Alvy in the, when he gets bored in the middle of his three ways. Now rack me out. Let's go to Stalker Steve in Green Bay. Steve, what's going on? How are you? Hey, what's up, Jim? What's up, dude? Dude, I just had to call in. Fee in the fee is the cell phone sales guy at my mall that's always trying to pressure sell me a phone. Hey, asshat, if I needed a phone, I wouldn't be stopping by your shady-ass kiosk to buy one. And, Jim, I know for a fact that V in the creepy is creeping out all the ladies with all his sales pitches, too. Pull the faders back while I get in character, Jim. Hold on, I need to do a little puff-puff pass. Hey, pretty girl, you need a phone? Oh, come on. Stop over here, girl. Hey! Hey! Oh! That's all right. That's all right. Next time. Hey, girl. I like your Lakers shirt, though. I'm friends with LeBron. Get 
Bickle snack. You're lucky he performs for you guys. And V in the fee, uh, who found this guy? Is this a poor man's version of Rick in Buffalo? Tell you what, I will Venmo you the fee so I never have to listen to you call again. This guy sounds so constipated. He must be popping a forehead vein, straining to lay a couple of mud bricks. Ah! That's not a good call. No. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. Not a very good call. Hey now, are you craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Reach for a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty. It's tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. And it goes wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. And clones, if you don't see it, just ask for it by name because no other jerky compares Old Trapper, what is your beef? To the surprise of nobody, Carson Wentz has worn out his welcome in yet another town with a new franchise. That's right. Yesterday, the commanders were officially added to the teams that have kicked Wentz to the curb, making them not one, not two, but yes, three. Three teams in three consecutive off-seasons that have gotten out of the Carson Wentz business. I mean, right about now, there are three certainties in life. Death, taxes, and Carson Wentz looking for another team every single NFL offseason. And every single NFL offseason, it gets more and more depressing for this dude. This may finally be rock bottom. I mean, it's got to be, right? There's no way any other team in the NFL thinks that this guy should be doing anything other than holding onto a clipboard, Right? Given his last four years, is there anybody anywhere that has anything to do with the game who still thinks this guy's a QB1? I mean, let's go back. And as I mentioned in hour number one, when these things go, they go fast. As recently as 2019, Philadelphia signed him to a four-year, $128 million extension. 2019. He chases that in 2020 by leading the NFL in INTs. He chases that in 2021 by being traded to Indy for a first and a third. So clearly they thought he was a savior. They thought that he was still that guy. Only to have wacky Jim Ursay call his era a, quote, mistake. <laughs> Love to see it. Boot him after a season and then just pile on time and time again. Kept going back to it. Kept bringing it up. And never forget... All Wentz had to do was beat a historically bad Jaguar team to get into the postseason that year in the last game of the year. Heavy favorites against the Jags, who were garbage then, and he still couldn't do it. Garbage! And now, not even a year later, not even a year later, he's already done with the commanders. So at this point, if a tree falls in the forest, does it even make a sound? I don't really know. If Carson Wentz is cut, does anybody other than Carson Wentz even know or care? I don't even know. I probably wouldn't have even known if the story didn't show up as a small blurb on the team's website. I mean, this cat really is one of the more curious stories ever.
Again, when it goes, it goes fast. I mean, the hell happened to this guy? In 2017, he was practically a legend. Already being fitted for that yellow jacket, the front runner for the league MVP award, the next big thing, virtually too good to be true, on and off the field, beloved in Philly, and a savior. I mean, he was going to take them right to the Super Bowl. There was no doubt. And then he jacked up his knee. And as I mentioned, has not been the same player since. Or the same guy since. From the actual on-field garbage, the turnovers, the missed wide-ass open targets, the running into sacks, the clock management, all of it on the field, a total wreck. Then you factor in on top of that, the off-the-field whispers around the three locker rooms that he lacks leadership, he lacks accountability, he's not a great teammate, he's resistant to coaching. When you factor all of that in, him on the field, him off the field, still's not worth anybody's trouble. Not as a QB1, not certainly not as a QB1, and certainly not as any kind of face of the franchise. And honestly, I'm not sure he ever was. Looking back on it now, maybe he never was. I mean, he did lose the locker room in Philly. He did lose ownership in Indy. And he lost all ability to play by the time he was fully washed in the district. And although I don't really know what's in this guy's head or heart, I'm always really careful about saying this. I'm really careful about saying things like, this guy quit, this guy didn't care, this guy jaked it. I really am careful about that. And I'm not saying that. I want to be so clear about that. I don't know what's in this dude's head. I don't know what's in this dude's heart. But I could tell you how it looked. It looked like in the end, he really didn't give much of a damn. I mean, sure, the commanders did finish 8-8-1. Eight, eight, but not because of Wentz, but because of the former St. Louis Battlehawk. Louis Battlehawks. St. Louis Battlehawk. Louis Battlehawks. Taylor Heineke. And the fifth-round rook, Sam Howell. The two of those dudes, not Wentz. The two of those dudes, those two scrappers, combined to go 6-3-1 and one down the stretch. And yes, it did seem like at one point this season, Wentz left the same impression on my guy Riverboat Ron as he did Ursa himself. Why do you think the teams in the division are farther ahead at this point? Quarterback. Chose the quarterback here, though, so do you have any regrets about that, or how do you... No, I got no regrets about their quarterback. I think our quarterback has done some good things. There's been a couple of games that he struggled. Why are the other teams doing what they're doing, and why are you doing what you're doing or not doing, quarterback? Quarterback. 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 I don't know. I mean, Ron, you're my dude. You know I'm a Ron Rivera guy. I am. I just am. I'll own that. I am a Ron Rivera guy, but... Like the Giants, who are garbage, who are crap, are lights out with a first-time, first-year head coach. How are they doing that? Quarterback. Quarterback. Well, why aren't you guys doing that? Quarterback. Quarterback. And he's not wrong. So Wentz just getting river 
voted quarterback. Quarterback. Bottom bleeping line. Why are we no good? Quarterback. Quarterback. And like I said, look how they finished the year. What, like 6-3-1? and one? With a former St. Louis Battlehawk. St. Louis And a fifth-round draft pick. So, what's next? What is next for Wentz? Now, if I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, after watching Geno Smith and what he did last year, I would say almost anything is possible. But only with the right mindset. Only in the right situation. And I'm not sure that either one of those things are possible for Wentz. But as I always say on the reinvention project with Jim Rome, the only way out is to go all in. However, there is one other way out. You know the old saying, when the going gets tough, quit. When life gives you lemons, quit. It's not how many times you fall, it's how many times you quit. Winners never quit, they quit. There is this. If I'm Carson Wentz, you know what I might do? I might say, bleep all of you. I don't need this. I'm going to take the 128 mil that I made in career earnings, take my ass back to my cabin in North Dakota, and I'm going to go hunt and kill as many ducks as I damn well please. Then everybody wins. We don't have to deal with him. He doesn't have to deal with us. He can live happily ever after, sleeping on a pile of money and hanging out with his ducks. Again, everybody wins. Except the ducks that will be mounted and strung along his cabin. I mean, I don't know. It probably went something like this. If I had to guess about Carson Wentz and what happened to him last year, he probably showed up at the start of camp and he picked up his, quote, script. You know, the script that's written by the NFL Writers Guild. You know, because everything is scripted. So he's flipping through the script, takes a look at page one and thinks, all right, not so bad. I'm starting the season. Hey, we start with a couple of wins. Now we're talking. And I'm playing in the first six games on the guy. Uh, two and four. These lazy jerk riders also have it in for me, man. They hate my guts. It's flipping through the script, flipping through, thumbing through. Let's see. It goes to week six. Oh, come on, man. My finger? Seriously? Where is the originality? Come My on. digit. Come on. Come on. Any hack could write a better script than this. Any toddler with a crayon could do better than this. Skips to the last game or the last part of the script. A must-win Browns home game. The coaching staff has got faith in me. Finally, now we're talking. Maybe we get that storybook ending here. Maybe I have something to build on. Maybe I return to savior form. I finally get to level up. I finally get to show all these idiots what I'm about, what I'm made of. What? Three interceptions? Throws the script in the trash. 
At least he was able to pick up a script last year. This season, that key card is not going to work. The security guy with the wand is going to turn him away. Head of security will come down and say, you're not welcome here, Mr. Wentz. Don't call us. We'll call you. My man, the next script you find will show you enjoying life as an extra in an NFL locker room. Maybe they'll give you a speaking part in the middle of the season. Not a bad gig if you can get it. There are residual checks involved. I know I posted one yesterday from a show that I was once in. You see that check I posted on my story? 20 cents. I got a 20 cent stamp or I mean a 20 cent check. I, why am I here? Why am I not on a beach earning 8% on my 20 cents sipping on pina coladas? I had to ask Dr. Jano, hey, by the way, what does postage cost now? What is a what is a stamp cost right now? Hey, Alvi, do you know? Isn't it like eighty-five cents or sixty-five cents? Or I'm embarrassed. I don't know because I all like Alvi. I've got a, a drawer full of stamps. I don't even know, but I know this. I bet it costs three to four times more than the check they sent me. I got a twenty-cent check. Imagine the teller. Wells Fargo being like, oh, how would you like that? In big bills? How would you like that? In nickels? How would you like that? How about you give me a quarter and I give you a nickel back? How about you give me a dime, a nickel, and five pennies? How would you like that, Mr. Rome? I'll take 20 pennies. Guys, keep yourself tight and feeling confident with new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant, reformulated with 72-hour sweat and odor protection and one-quarter moisturizing cream. Stop worrying about your underarms so you can be present for the moments that matter. Do not let underarm insecurities keep you at arm's distance from the ones you care about. Buy new and improved Dove Men Plus Care Antiperspirant with 72-hour sweat and odor protection wherever personal care products are sold. And, of course, you have spring football. Generally, spring football does not work. I'm not saying it can't work. I'm saying generally it doesn't work. I'm not rooting against it. I mean, how is more football a bad thing? I've got nothing against it. Generally, the product is not good. Below not good. Generally, it doesn't make money. Generally, it doesn't really get watched. Generally, it doesn't really get talked about. Generally, it sucks, actually, come to think of it. But I'm not rooting against it. I don't root against football. Football is football. Football is king. However, that doesn't stop people from trying. And it's not stopping the XFL from trying to gain relevance and mattering. And I've got to give the XFL this much. They've already had some moments. Like, already, it's not one of those things where they brought it back, they had a week, and it went away, and nobody knows, nobody cares, nobody gives a damn. Like, they've had a couple of moments, legitimately viral moments. In fact, they've only been back at it for two weeks, and I'm about to reference the XFL for the second time. And I don't mean in passing. I mean, like, in actual blocks, show content. I mean, what would Rob Manford and Major League Baseball give for me to give them that kind of attention. I've already given more attention. I mean, Joe Kelly's going to come on, but it's only because it's Joe Kelly. 
I've already given more attention to the XFL than Major League Baseball with spring training opening up. As an example, we had that epic A.J. McCarron comeback win with the St. Louis Battlehawks. St. Louis Battlehawks. He led them to an epic come-from-behind victory, which led to A.J.'s triumphic, triumphant and epic return to the jungle after over a decade, something he himself remembered and he himself referenced when he came on the show recently. AJ, it's great to have you on. How are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you? It's been, uh, hell, I think the last time we talked was um, after the national championship in 2012, I think. My man, I knew it was just a matter of time. He said, how are you? Hell. It's been since the national championship in 2012 that I've spoken to you. That in and of itself made bringing the XFL back worthwhile. That was a great moment. I love that he said that. So if you missed the interview from last week, you should go back. It was really good, and it was fun, and it was a really kind of moving interview. So already it's a win. Like I'm talking about the XFL, and I'm talking about it positively I'm not taking a run at it I'm not going in so that was good that was a win and then you get into the next week and there's something else for me to talk about regarding the XFL because there was a viral spring football moment that was over the weekend and it was hilarious and it was refreshing and best of all it involved one of my all-time favorite dudes a jungle icon, somebody I came up with. Now, you've noticed if you've been listening to the program of late, Randy Bennett of St. Mary's referenced it yesterday. When I spoke to Tom Izzo earlier in the week, I referenced it. We're talking about, damn, we've been doing this a long time. We've been having conversations together a long time. I don't know how many of you realize this, but a jungle OG, one of my early favorite jungle characters and figures is a head coach in the XFL. And I love this guy. Always have. That jungle OG showed up over the weekend why he's a freaking legend around here. Of course, I'm talking about my guy, T-Buck, Terrell Buckley. One of my favorite dudes ever. I love T-Buck. I've always loved T-Buck. I loved him in college. I loved him in the pros. I loved him after he retired. I just love the guy. Which goes back to the famous story. When he played for the Packers, and long before there was social and the whole world was connected, somebody rolled up on him one day and said, T-Buck, man, dude, what is it with Rome? He won't stop talking about you. You're all he talks about. What the hell is it with you and Rome? And T-Buck's response was, and I quote, I don't know, man. He just loves me. And I said, true. Yes. Yes. I love him. So I always have, always have. I have never not loved T-Buck going back to his days at Florida State when he was a sensation. And yes, I was talking about him back then on the show when he was in college. I love that guy in college. I talked about him before the draft. I can remember breaking it down at great length, Troy Vincent or Terrell Buckley. Two totally different players. You know, T-Buck, the ultimate gambler, riverboat gambler, smaller in stature, Troy Vincent, Taller, longer, more conservative. There was that whole thing. And they were taken, if I'm not mistaken, like eighth and sixth, 
They were really close in the draft. Anyway, T-Buck is now the head coach of the Orlando Guardians. If you know anything about my man T-Buck, you know my man is not pulling any punches. He does not play games. He does not blow smoke. He does not BS. And if anybody on that Guardians roster did not know that before this weekend, they found out. Because the Guardians were trailing Heinz Ward's San Antonio Brahmas at halftime. T-Buck did not like what he saw. T-Buck was not having that. So T-Buck went nuclear, at least nuclear honesty, in his halftime interview on ESPN when he was asked about his team and its effort. Welcome back to Orlando here with Coach Buckley. Coach, how do you change this momentum? We got to get different guys in there. Obviously, we got, I got guys out there that are not competing, that are not making plays. So we got to get people in there, young men that want to play, that want to compete and make plays. I just saw you walk up and down this sideline and look some guys in their faces. What did you see out of your team? I'm seeing guys not performing. Tell look at the scoreboard. They got to perform. My man. Hell yes, T-Buck. You set those dudes on fire. Essentially the exact opposite of what an NFL coach sounds like in any halftime interview. You got to love that. You got to love how refreshing that honesty is, that passion. My dude telling it exactly how it is. T-Buck basically got right in everybody's grill, pointed on the sideline, then pointed up at the scoreboard and said, look at it. Get right or get out. And then he told the reporter, he needs new guys. We got to get guys who want to be here, guys who want to perform. We got to get different guys in there. Obviously, we got, I got guys out there. Hey, hey, coach, what do you have to do to get this thing turned around? Well, for one, we got to get different guys. We got to get different guys in there. Hey, coach, what do you got to do to turn this thing around for the second half? Uh, get different players. We got to get different guys in there. Obviously, we got. So amazing. It's kind of bleep you're never going to see in the NFL. And that's exactly the kind of bleep that's going to get me to keep turning on the XFL. What a great answer. Hey, coach, what can you do to change the momentum in the second half? What kind of adjustments can you make? Well, I could get myself an actual damn team. We got to get different guys in there. I can change out the whole roster. I can get with the GM and see if he can get me some new players before we hit the field for the second half. Because these clowns aren't getting it done. These clowns can't be saved. Give me somebody else. We can go to the stands and find guys that want it worse. Unfortunately, he did not get what he needed, namely new players, not for the second half. And his Orlando Guardians did not come back, did not win that game. However, fortunately for us, it did lead to another T-Buck gem after the game. Is there a positive that you pulled from somebody who played well? Something you saw that you did like? No. Quarterback. No. She no. gave him a chance. Like, is there anything you saw from anybody that you thought was positive? You know, something you can build on. No. No. Is there anything that you saw that... No. No. Is there anything... Po no. no. Is... No. No. Don't even ask the question. No. No. It's one of the better post-game responses I've heard from a coach in quite some time. Any positives? No. No. Anything that you can build on? No. No. Anything good come from? No. No. 
Is there anybody who can play football at all on your team? No. No. Is there anything good? No. Is there anything you can no. build on? No. Is there anybody no. with any... Is there anybody... No. Can I ask the question? No. Is there no. anybody with any athletic ability? No. Has anybody no. on that team ever played football before? No. Do you like your job? No. Anything else? No. I love this guy. It's my man. Could not love that anymore. Honesty. Honesty is a beautiful thing. Honesty should not be taboo. Honesty should not be the anomaly. Honesty should never be the wrong thing. And honesty is about the last thing you ever hear from coaches in the NFL. So way to go, T-Buck. My man, I know you weren't looking to go viral. You just did, which is why it's so awesome. That's why he's a legend. And I don't want to hear anybody doubting his coaching ability either. Get the hell out of here with that. And I don't want any of you doubting his cornerback playing ability either. You get the hell out of here with that. And I don't want to hear how whenever Michael Irvin broke the huddle against Green Bay, the first thing he looked for was T-Buck on the field. I don't want to hear that either. Get the hell out of here with that. And I don't want any of you to say that he did not make up and create the now famous Lambeau Leap. You can get the hell out of here with that because he told me back in the day he did on this show. Well, you know, I used to do that in college. I did that against Michigan. I don't know if you remember that. You know, but T-Buck, you made it up. Butler's getting all the credit, but you're the one who did that first, yeah, right? Him and Robert Brooks and all those guys, I let them have it. You know, because they was my teammates. But uh, I think I might have to show them the, the original thing. Hey, T-Buck, were you the originator of that whole leap? Yeah, you know I was. My man. And I like Leroy Butler a lot. But T-Buck bequeathed the leap to them. He was doing it in college. He did it against Michigan. And so he gets in the NFL, and he gives it to Leroy Butler, Robert Brooks, all the fellas, of course. I only wish I could pull a T-Buck and trade in many of you clones for new clones. You know, like, imagine somebody, let's, let's kind of personalize this. Imagine somebody ramming a microphone into my face as I go to commercial break. Any commercial break on this show. And imagine somebody asking me about my team. Not the XR4TI, but frankly, you clones. You know, like I'm Coach Van Smack here. And imagine somebody saying, Coach, Coach, Coach Van Smack, you're getting your asses kicked. And some journo says to me, hey, Jim, any positives that you can take from that G-off in Lincoln email? No. No. Hey, Coach Van Smack, any good that you can make of that Wells tweet? No. Hey, Coach, uh, any positives that you could pull from that V in the fee call? No. Hey, Coach, can you build upon the REX and the ABQ participation? No. What about that Wells tweet? No. See? What about Parody Larry? No. No, man, we got to get different guys in here. We got to get different guys in there, obviously. What do I see? What do I see in our jungle contributors? I see callers not performing. Like, I can't drop to my knees every single night, look up to the man above, and hope I get a call from Jeremy in Green Bay, or Drizzle, or even the fake Drizzle, or Paul's dog, 
Remark in Hollywood. No, all I see are JT peers jerking around with their same old tweets, their same old nonsense, Johnny Scabs on Bison This, Ray and S.A. on Baby Jessica That, Wooden Laconic, Bison D in the Sea. The only positive is that we don't print out tweets anymore or I'd get carpal tunnel from crumbling all that paper. I mean, look at the freaking manual buzzer. The butt itself, it's physically worn out. It's practically on its last leg. The clones need to perform. Look up the scoreboard. We need to get people in the jungle who want to make good phone calls. They got to perform. They got to perform. We need to get them on a clean phone line and not ramble on incoherently. Most importantly, we need them to come in here with a take that does not suck. You got to perform. They got to perform. Yeah, but Rome, you see anything good from hour two? No. No. How about hour one? No. How about next hour? How about yesterday? How about the last five years of your show? No. No. My man, T-Buck. No. What up, T-Buck? No. Chris Kirk is my guest. He joins us via Zoom. Chris, it is great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me. Really good to have you. So let me ask you, what a monumental win for you this past Sunday for a number of reasons we can get into in a minute. But the playoff win over Eric Cole was your first win on tour in over 2,800 days. 2,800. What kind of thoughts and emotions were running through you when you tapped in your putt for the win? Um, it definitely felt like trying to win again for the first time, no doubt. You know, I think the the experience that I had from four previous tour wins were, you know, out the window after after almost eight years. But um, just an incredible, incredible week for me. Uh, obviously played a lot of good golf and and just a, a crazy range of, of emotions of, you know, relief and excitement and just, uh, you know, mostly gratitude you know, at, at the end there. And the reason for that, Chris, we're talking about how long it had been between wins, but there's so much more to it. Like winning on tour is extremely challenging in and of itself. But when you overcome the adversity that you've overcome along the way, it makes it so much more significant. As an example, can you take me back to April 29th, 2019? You've called that day a day that's kind of stuck in your mind and has been for a long time and probably always will be. What happened on April 29th of that year? Yeah, April 29th is my sobriety date. I had been um, battling uh, with alcoholism for for a while before that, and had been trying. It spent about six months or so trying to stop on my own and relapsing multiple times, and and that was when I finally decided, okay, you know, enough is enough. I've got to do something different here. So I, I took an indefinite leave of absence from the tour and didn't know if I was gonna come back spent a, spent a lot of months during that time thinking I don't want to do this anymore um, but then uh, after getting into a better place mentally physically and and with everything in my in my life the the desire to compete eventually came back and to play golf and and uh, thankfully was able to 
re-earned my status out here and I've had some some really solid last few years and and uh you know obviously this past Sunday the Honda Classic was another step in the right direction you bet Chris Kirk joining us Chris I would ask you this for instance there was a time when you tried to quit on your own in fact a number of times and you tried to kind of white knuckle it until you understood what it was all about and you were dealing with anxiety you were dealing with depression in those times when you tried to quit by yourself did it not actually make it worse and if so how much worse. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was certainly using alcohol as a medication, you know, to deal with, with anxiety and to deal with certain other things. And, and once I, once I took that away from myself, then the other things really got worse. I mean, I felt awful, you know, for, for months and months there and, and I would kind of go and white knuckle it, as you said, for, for a certain period until I couldn't take it anymore. And, you know, I didn't, there were a lot of things that I didn't understand that my, my family didn't understand. I just didn't, I couldn't figure out, you know, why I can't, you know, for someone like me, who's been, you know, so determined and, and just, you know, competitive and just like, you know, anything that I want in my life, I'm going to do it. I'm going to accomplish it. But this, this thing, I just could not figure out and I couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, so, you know, thank God I, I was able to connect with some other people that have been through a lot of similar things and, and found a program that worked for me and, and got myself on the right track. I'm talking to Chris Kirk. So was there rock bottom? Was there an epiphany? What led you to make that final decision? How were you able to finally get leverage on yourself and do what you had to do to get healthy and get right? Yeah, yeah it was uh, an event for me that basically, um, you know, happened thankfully by myself in a, in a hotel room of, you know, sitting there, you know, now I had to get up at like five 30 the next morning for a photo shoot. And, and, you know, that had the insane thought in my head that, you know, if I just have one of these little airplane bottles of whiskey, then I'll, I'll sleep better and I'll be all right. And then, you know, 25, 30 drinks, clearing out the mini bar bar later, I I woke up with the lights on at three in the morning, like what just happened, you know? And so that was, I had had a lot of, a lot of times that were, were bad events and were huge red flags and, and th things that should have convinced me enough that, that I had a, a problem that I couldn't deal with. But that was, that was the final straw where it was like, okay, I truly did not want to do that. And I still did. And I, I, that was when it really became clear in my mind, like, all right, this is, this is not just a little bit out of my control. This is way, way out of my control. And so I've got to, I've got to do something different here. So you did Chris Kirk, my guest. So you did, and you went and you did the work and you got some help and you learned about what it was and why you were doing it. When you returned to the tour in November, 2019, how much support did you receive from your peers? And what was that like? I received tons of support then and, and before then, you know, the, the messages that I got while I was at home and, and not playing, I was definitely one of those, you know, find out who your friends are kind of moments. You know, it was, it was awesome to see how many people that, you know, reached out with, with well wishes and, you know, where I'm here for you, anything you need, all that, that type of thing um, was, was really incredible. And then to be welcomed back when I, when I came and decided to play again, um, just was was awesome. And I still feel that the support of, of my peers and, you know, I have a lot of really close friends out here and a lot of people that I really care about. And, and, uh, so it's, it's been an incredible journey these last few years. I think Chris, finally then, now that people know the story and this is the short, 
in kind of the abridged version of it, but we have a sense of what you went through. You can see what that win this past weekend really means. So not only do you win $1.5 million for that win, but the victory also clinches you a spot in the Masters in April where you have not played since 2016. What does returning to the Masters represent to you, especially since you grew up in Woodstock, Georgia, which is only 175 miles away from Augusta National? Yes, growing up in Georgia, I mean, the Masters is the, that's the pinnacle of, of golf for me. That's everything that I've wanted and worked for since I was a little kid. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's an amazing week. I'm really excited to, to be going back. And, you know, my two older sons, Sawyer and Foster, were really little, you know, you know, one and one and two or one and three, something like that the last time I was there. And so for them uh, to be able to you know, go do the part three contest, experience the whole thing. Now, uh, Sawyer will be 11, Foster will be nine, and my youngest son Wilder will be five when we, when we get there. So just to, to have that experience and to share that with them at the, at the age where they can really comprehend what's going on is, is going to be truly special. And how awesome for them to see Pops get the win last weekend. He is a PGA Tour golfer, and he won the Honda Classic and is gear, gearing up for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He is Chris Kirk. Chris, really nice to have you on the show. Great to talk to you once again. Congratulations. I hope we can do it again soon. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jim. Good night now!